The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Welcome back, everybody. So, I think since we're all a little full of food and probably a little heavy and drowsy, now would be a good time, rather than do some singing, um, to do some grammar. <laughs> so, let's, let's just make best use of the time. And if you can pull out this sheet, it says poly verbs at the top. It's the one with the charts. So as I said, I want uh, you to go home having learned some actual Pali, you know, other than texts. Um, that is, other than what we recite. Uh, so something of the structure of the language. Now, Pali is an Indo-European language. It comes... Uh, directly from uh, not what's known as uh, not what's most commonly known as Sanskrit which is the classical Sanskrit which is a later um, uh, stratum of the language but from Vedic Sanskrit uh, so Pali is um, more or less a direct descendant from Vedic Sanskrit which is itself uh, you know intimately co- connected with the other Indo-European languages of the world. Um, so uh, it's not surprising actually to find that structurally uh, uh, it has so much in common with the other languages. Um, so I don't think uh, you'll find the grammar that we're going to do particularly difficult. It may even feel familiar. So little chanting we, we can do, huh? You can repeat after me. Tianti sitamima. Tianti sitamima. Tianti sitamima. Tianti sitamima. Tianti sitamima. Yeah. 
Now, um, if you look at the chart, we have a model verb, gatsiti. You all know gatsami, I go. And you may know gatsiti as well, or he or she goes. So now it's just a matter of filling in the remaining persons. Now, if you look at the endings, <laughs> you'll see that you know them already. Gachati, Gachanti, Gachasi, Gachata, Gachami, Gachama. So, Ti Anti, Sita, Mi, Ma. So, that's a tricky mnemonic. <laughs> by means of which you've just learned this whole thing. <laughs> I, I like to take people by storm with grammar. So. <laughs> um, so let's let's talk a little about structure. Um, now, you probably all know first, second, and third person. Um, polygrammar, somewhat uh, wonderfully, uh, reverses the order. So rather than uh, first, second, and third person like we're used to, they talk of first person, middle person, and uttama purisa. Oh, sorry, first person, middle person, and last person. Wherein patama purisa, if you see, that means first person literally, is what we would call third person. Madhima purisa, or middle person, what we would call second person, uh, they call yeah, middle person. And what we call first person, they call uttama, last person. So this is somewhat appropriate, given the emphasis in the culture and religious forms on uh, you know, humility and subordination of self. Um, uh, so this is reflected even in the grammatical terms. Um, so this is the terminology that we use. We try to use the, uh, the, the actual Pali grammatical terms as much as possible when we're studying Pali because it's so thorough and systematic and appropriate to the language. No need to adapt the language to Western paradigms um, rather, we can learn it in its own terms. Um, so your Parthama Purisa pronouns, your first person, what we would call third person pronouns, that is he, she, and it, are so, he, and sa, she. Okay, let's not worry about it. There's also an it. And, and these may seem familiar also if you're used to Romance languages with their gender distinctions. O in Spanish, A in Spanish commonly mark masculine and feminine, so the same in Pali. So he or she, gatsati, goes. So gatsati, or sa, gatsati, she goes. You can repeat. So gatsati. So sa gatsati. How about they go? Te gatsanti. Te gatsanti. Te gatsanti. And you can hear the cognate again. They, they. 
ते गच्छन्ति ते गच्छन्ति अ ग्रुप ऑफ ऑल फीमेल्स ता गच्छन्ति ता गच्छन्ति दे गो हाउ अबाउट यू त्वम गच्छसि त्वम गच्छसि त्वम यू कैन हियर द कनेक्शन विथ तू और दाओ त्वंग त्वंग गच्छसि यू गो हाउ अबाउट यू ऑल गो प्लूरल यू तुम्हे गच्छथ तुम्हे गच्छथ यू ऑल गो तुम्हे गच्छथ गच्छथ यस एंड आई गो दिस वन यू नो अहंग गच्छामि सो अहंग यू कैन ऑलमोस्ट मेक आउट द कनेक्शन बिटवीन ईगो एंड अहंग Okay, they are connected. They are the same word uh, as far as their roots. Yeah, and mayang gachama we go mayang gachama, mayang gachama. Okay, so you get a sense of how the persons work. So, because all that information is in there in the ending, we can freely. drop the pronouns we don't have to say so gachiti we can just say gachiti and it's understood he goes if it's the buddha who's going buddho gachiti buddho gachiti uh, similarly we don't need the other pronouns so we don't say ahang buddhang saranang gachami that ahang is repetitive because all that information is there in the army so uh, it's enough to say buddhang saranang gachami the ending conveys who's going um i didn't point out that uh the variation of, with the vowel in the ahang and the mayang right gacha you have that lengthening but i'm sure you must have noticed it in any case um so that's with the ahang and mayang that's always there also it's not irregular yet okay so this is how verbs work this is it it's actually quite simple question are there many other regular verb forms and are there many irregular ones i wondered if the logic of the construction of the language would carry over to yeah. any of those there might be there are definitely irregular forms as there are with any you know uh real language or living language um uh and there are definitely more points of crossover uh, the comparison that can be made with other languages actually these endings this uh t and c and me um are exactly the same as in greek in greek you have different classes of verbs and the oldest class the sort of most archaic class of endings in greek verbs have these exact same endings t c me so um absolutely yeah okay so other verbs um that work in exactly the same way 
Passati. Passati. He or she sees. So, how would you say, I see? Oh, okay. That's right. Passami. So, only the ending will change. Yeah, the ch is uh, from that verb, gachati. Yeah. So, how about you see? Which one? Singular. Uh-huh. Passasi. Passasi. That's right. Good. Excellent. Yeah. So, passati, he, she sees. Vandati. Vandati. Yeah. Buddhang vandami. I worship the Buddha. Vandami. I worship. Itchati. Itchati. He, she wants. Labhati. Labhati. That's right. Labhati. Labhati. Yeah. He or she gets. Bhunjati. He or she eats. And Pajahati. Pajahati. Yes. He or she abandons. Okay, so all these verbs, uh, you can change the endings. In, oh, and I should point out, um, if it's not, uh, wasn't already obvious, that um, whereas in English, when we say a verb, we say to run, to eat, or so on. But in Pali, you don't use the infinitive form. You actually cite the verb in the, the third person, right? The Patama Purisa. Um, so... Uh, 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 to say pajahati is like saying to see. So this is the basic form. Okay, so that's it for nouns. No, there are tenses, but we don't need to go into those. But uh, this is the basic structure, and all the different tenses will keep the same structure. This is the present tense, of course. So whether you translate I go or I'm going, it's the same. Hmm? Yeah. Okay, so how do nouns work? Uh, well, uh, that takes us to the next um, table. And uh, there's a bit more information involved because like other Indo-European languages, there's a, a very... Uh, complex case system. So we use prepositions to convey case, right? We say um, um, of the Buddha or to the Buddha or I see the Buddha, okay, as an object, um, with the Buddha, for instance. But that information in Pali is conveyed, again, by an ending that changes uh, on, on the end of the noun. Okay, so there are eight of these different syntactical cases. Um, yeah, in, in the plate, like Russian or something. So, <laughs> um, in the place of those prepositions, but they work just like prepositions. So, it, it's actually quite straightforward. Um, it's just a little disorienting to have to look for that information at the end of 
your words rather than you know before it and separated from it like in English. Um, so again, they're very uh, logically arranged. Uh, you see them numbered, and then you see the word, right? And those words just mean the number. So the f- uh, the first case is just known as patama vibhati. Vibhati means case, and patama means first. Um, so whereas in Latin tradition we have these sort of complicated names, nominative, accusative, instrumental, ablative, data, etc. Um, in Pali, it's very simple. First case, second case, third case. Wherein the first case is always the subject. Okay? Subject means the one who's doing the action. So the one who does the seeing, or the one who does the going. So, buddho gacchati, buddho passati. If we want to have plural, um, the headings of that column, ekavatsana, bahuvatsana, that's just singular and plural. Eka means one, as you may know. So eka vatsana, and vatsana means statement. So one statement versus bahu, many statements. So singular, plural. It's exactly like we're used to. So if I want to say the Buddhas go, Buddha gachanti. Okay? So that's the noun as the subject. The Buddha is the one doing the going. Now what if I go to the Buddha? Or, yeah, that's right. Um, so, mm, this requires the case relation of object. Okay, and the object is the second case. So notice the ending changes slightly. We get buddhang now. And in the plural we get buddhe. Okay, but let's talk about the buddhang first. So if I, let's say, see the Buddha. Ahang buddhang pasami. That's right. Yeah. So I see the Buddha. Um, that's right. Yeah. So this point probably should have come er- earlier. Just underneath that chart, it says word order. Subject. So Pali is an SOV language, which is typical of uh, uh, Indic languages. So that just means it's a subject, object, verb. That's its uh, basic syntax, basic structure, sentence structure. So exactly, when we say ahang, there's our subject, buddhang, there's our object, and pasami, there's our verb. So that's, that's a simple Pali sentence. Um, and that's all there is to it, in fact. It's, it's not difficult. How about, I see the Buddhas. Ahang. Buddha. That's right. Buddha. Pasami. Same. Mm-hmm. So, I see the Buddhas. Okay. Other nouns we can use, just like Buddha, or Buddho. Uh, if you see the column above, we have samano. Samano. You can repeat. Samano. An ascetic. A kasako. Kasako. A farmer. Siho. Siho. A lion. 
Kaku. Kaku. <laughs> That's right. It's called Kaku because it makes the sound ka. Kaku, a crow. Suvanno. Suvanno. Gold. Odeno. Rice. And a couple of emotive words. Pemo. Love. And soko. Sorrow. Okay? So any of these, um, we can change the ending and uh, make it subject or object that way, or singular or plural. So you have some examples below where it says exercise one. Okay? Sentence one. Kako odanam bunjati. You can repeat. Kako odanam bunjati. So the crow eats the rice. Yes, there's no preposition like in English. Nothing sloppy in Pali. So we don't have words for the. We can, so we can supply it. It can be the or a, you know, as you wish or as the contact demands. Um, but it's not that something's missing. That's just how it is. So kako odanam bunjati. Second sentence. Tumhe kim itchata. So any idea? Tumhe is what? That's right. You all. It's the pronoun. You all. Yeah, and sorry, we didn't do the other words. There are two other words in the column above and on the right. One is na. One is na, which is very simple. It means no. Yeah. And king means what? Or it changes the question. If you put it at the beginning of a statement, it turns what would otherwise be a statement into a question. So it's just a question word, question marker. So it's a question marker for this particular sentence. Oh, it is one still, even though it's not at the beginning of the sentence. In this sentence, it actually means what? Yeah. What do you all want? Yeah, what do you all want? <laughs> Yeah, like if we if we took the first sentence and said King Kako Odenam Bunziti, then that would make that a question. Does the crow eat rice? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So here's it just actually means what? What do you all want? Mayang Buddhang Vandama. Mayang Buddhang Vandama. Nice, yeah. We worship the Buddha. Siho Samanam Vandati. Anti intuitive. <laughs> yes, you got it. <laughs> you have to trust your reason, not your intuition. The lion (laughs) worships the ascetic. Yeah. Good. Siha Odanang Na Ichanti. The na comes right before the verb when it negates it. 
That's right. That was a good error. Um, we, yeah, one person said um, the female lion. Okay, that's going from that f- pronoun sa, right? So that's a good guess, and uh, you know, could potentially actually be hit it. But here it's just the plural, so the lions. And how do we know it's plural and not female? That's right, because of the verb ending. So that tells us for sure that it's plural. Ichanti, that's a plural ending. So the lions, not ichanti, they don't want rice. (laughs) Okay, so I'd like to take uh, five minutes and break up. Can we break up into groups of three or four small groups? And I want you to make sentences combining with these words, um, combining these words from different columns, and then we'll convene, and I want to hear from each group the best sentence or two that you've got. (laughs) (laughs) Sound good? Let's take just uh, a few minutes, three minutes, three, four minutes to do this. Just if you turn to the people right next to you in your immediate vicinity...
Okay, I have very good learning going on right now, uh, which is wonderful. So, could everybody uh, just take one more, you know, 30 seconds or so to decide on which, which of the sentences you've come up, with, come up with is the best or which one you'd like to share? So, could you decide amongst yourselves? Everybody have a choice? Okay, shall we reconvene as a group? Let's come back. <laughs> Let's come back to the group. Okay. Okay, so group by group, I just request you to um, share with uh, the room your finest grammatical <laughs> craftsmanship. <laughs> so maybe, can we start with this group and we'll just go around like this? Sure. Well, our, our, senten our sentence is uh, Kako, okay. si Siham, Siham? Bunjati. 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 Kako sihang bunjati. Excellent sentence. Can somebody shout out the meaning? Who understands it? Is there a, does it click? The crow eats the lion. Crow eating the lion. Yes. So... Okay, we can vote at the end which one is the best. <laughs> Thank you. Excellent sentence. Grammatically perfect. Yes. Please. Yeah. Next one. Samana. Samana. Pemong. Say again. Dhammam. No. Pemong. Once more. Pemong. Pemo. 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 Pemong. Pajahanti. Pajahanti. Oops. <laughs> Pajahanti. Very nice. Samana Pemo Pajahanti. So meaning? The ascetics Pajahanti. So excellent. Pemong. Ah, okay. I misheard you. Good, good, good. Excellent. So 
Exactly. Good. So it's perfect. Samanas, abandon perfect agreement, and abandon, that's an ung, those are objects, so abandon love. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> okay, next group, thank you. Kasako, Svanang, Sako, Kasako, Kasako, good. Kasako. Once more? Suvanam. Suvanam. Pajahati. Pajahati. Kasako suvanam pajahati. Everybody can repeat. Kasako suvanam pajahati. Meaning? The farmer abandons coal. Excellent. Very nice. Thank you. <laughs> Mayam Kakam Say once more Mayam Ma Mayam Mayam Excellent, okay Mayam Kakam Kakam Punjama <laughs> Grammatically perfect <laughs> Mayam Kakam, everybody can repeat. <laughs> Mayang kakam bunjama, meaning we eat crow, the crow, a crow, <laughs> or just crow. <laughs> Very nice, thank you. <laughs> Kim. Siho, Pemang, Labhati. So I'm going to put a question mark because we have a nice Kim at the beginning. <laughs> Kim, everybody can repeat. Kim, Siho, Pemang, Labhati. So meaning? <laughs> okay, these are all winners. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, excellent. The rest is just details. Oh, yeah, exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's not much difference between Pali and Sanskrit. It's mainly the sound changes. 
and uh, you know Pali has its own idiom. So Sanskrit word because Sanskrit there's composition in Sanskrit over such a huge period, from you know 1500 BC or more until you know contemporary times. I mean you still have some Sanskrit composition going on. So the range of meanings of words just keeps on accumulating. In one genre you get this meaning, in another that meaning. So words typically have dozens of meanings that change over time. Whereas in Pali, you really have a snapshot of a single genre, single idiom, single you know, uh, version of the language, really, from a particular period. So in that way, it's really refreshing to read Pali. Things are much more... Um, concrete, much less amorphous than with Sanskrit. Sometimes, uh, you know, they say that you can never fully master Sanskrit uh, because, you know, even if you master one particular genre of, you know, poetry or epic or the Shastraic literature or, or whatnot, you switch to another genre and you immediately have a totally different vocabulary, the same words but used with different meanings, different valences also. So um, that's somewhat maddening with, with Sanskrit. Whereas in Pali, um, uh, you don't have that at all. You have a single um, idiom. So it, it's much more like uh, uh, a, you know, a living spoken language in that way. Yes, question? <clears throat> I heard there's a, there is a difference in commentarial Pali. And in fact, Bhikkhu Bodhi, I guess, is teaching an online course in, for people who know Pali already, like yourself. In commentarial Pali. Oh, I see. I didn't know about that. Yeah, um, it's true. The commentarial language. Um, so, the the core language goes back to, you know, 500 BC ish, um, or at least we can say 250 BC at the time of Ashoka. Um, anyway, it's it's quite old. The commentarial uh, literature is, of course, from about 800 years after that. So, of course, there are some changes. And definitely there's influence of, of the Sanskrit commentarial style um, as well in the commentary. So there, there are shifts in meanings. There's differences in idiom and in convention, um, mainly because of the gap of time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that, that, that's not too much. Um, and it's the difference between a commentarial text and a Sutta, canonical text, is you know, very clear also, so you know where you are. Um, yeah, but in general, um, I guess the last thing I'll say about language and stylistics is that um, there's something very refreshing about Pali in that, um, you know, conceptually it's often quite subtle or complicated. Um, uh, you know, what's being conveyed. So the aesthetic that arises in Pali's texts is to be as clear and as simple as possible. So that's why we have, um, also due to the oral nature of the genre, that's why we have all this repetition and drawing out of things. But that's also just in part due to the project, which is to make something that's really hard to understand as understandable as possible. So, um, polytexts go to an extra length to make things clear, to make them understandable. Whereas you have almost an opposite de development um, in you know, later 
Sanskritic literary texts, which of course filters back into Pali in the, with the commentarial language and after that, which is to make things more dense, more complicated, more ornate, you know, with the aesthetic that, you know, almost like a, um, uh, what's it called, Rom- romantic or ro- romantic, Baroque, thank you, aesthetic, yeah, of layering, making it more and more complicated. So Pali is, you know, refreshingly, um, uh, it doesn't have that, um, uh, which means that we can actually, you know, delve into the, the the canonical text, the most archaic ones, in fact, and um, understand them and, uh, you know, read them. Uh, without too much ambiguity, oftentimes. Yeah, so, um, no, I, I, I do mean it when I say the rest is just details. This is the basic structure of nouns and verbs. You know, you have to fill in the boxes, but <laughs> um, uh, this won't change. You know? yeah. That's right, okay. So, if it helps to just give you an idea of the other cases, like the third case corresponds to what we would, our prepositions with or by. So, with the Buddha or by the Buddha would be that case. And the form would be like buddhena, buddhena. It has an ena, e-n-a at the end. Okay, we don't need to fill in the whole thing. But, you know, like that, the fourth case is for, means for, uh, the fifth case means from. The sixth case means of. So this is the one case that we have in English still. I don't know if you're aware of it. Yes, apostrophe S. You know, in English speaking uh, places, sorry, in English teaching uh, idiom, that's called the Anglo-Saxon genitive usually. So that is a genitive that is a possessive case. We're actually changing the ending of a word. When I say uh, Sean's book, I'm adding something to the end of the word. And in fact, that's also cognate. So you would say Buddhasa book. Okay, that asa is the same as that S. So, uh, so that's the one case that we actually have a remnant of in English. That's, that's the sixth case. The seventh case is for in or at or on. Okay, location. And the eighth case is uh, called the vocative. So it's for direct address when you say, oh, such and such, with an exclamation point after it. What is that? What would that be? Um, vocative, it's called. So no, it's. What would the, what would the, what would the yeah. form of the <laughs> Oh, what, it's Buddha. It's simplifying it. So it's, it's leaving it uh, with no ending, basically. Buddha. Buddha. So about like listen, Shariputra. Yeah, would be uh, sunohi sariputta. So, yeah, because when we're addressing somebody directly, we want to make it short, shorter, right? Um, so it it shortens, it loses the endings. Sariputta. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this is. This, the grammatical structure of Pali. I think now, 
we're a little more settled. If you'd like to turn to this page, which is marked Udana Gata at the top. We turn now to the occasion of the Buddha's awakening itself. So Udana, what is an Udana? It's a short exclamation. That's right, it's a short exclamation, yeah. Um, And the commentators like to play a little with the etymology of this. Uh, and maybe it's there's something to it actually. So ana, you may know this word from anapana. Breath has to do with breath, um, and ud means up, up. So this is something that's sort of breathed out. That's why they like to say inspired versus because spire is connected with breathing, and the in is just the opposite. This is more like expired, but you can't say expired verses. <laughs> so it's something that is breathed out, a verse that captures a core truth or something of significance uh, that is uttered spontaneously, with spontaneous inspiration. So these are the three verses uh, that we are told the Buddha sort of uttered or conceived of as he was in the process of becoming enlightened. So the first in the first watch of the night, the second in the second watch of the night, and the third in the third watch of the night, just as the sun was beginning to rise. And they correspond to the three vidyas that he uh, realized, the three understandings or wisdoms or knowledges, we can say, uh, that he came into uh, as the enlightenment unfolded. Yadahave Yadahave Patu Bhavanti Dhamma Patu bhavanti dhamma Yadahave patu bhavanti dhamma Yadahave patu bhavanti dhamma Atapino jayato Atapino jayato Brahmanasa Brahmanasa Atapino jayato brahmanasa. Atapino jayato brahmanasa. When the truths become apparent to the ardently meditating sage, truths here means specifically the noble truths, the four noble truths. 
யதாகவே பாத்துபவந்திதம்மா யதாகவே பாத்துபவந்திதம்மா ஆத்தாபினோஜாயதோ பிராமணஸ் ஆத்தாபினோஜாயதோ பிராமணஸ் அத்தசங்கப்பயந்தி சப்பாயந்தி சப்பாசங்கப்பயந்தி சப்பாசங்கப்பயந்தி சப்பாத்தி சேதுதம் When the truths become apparent, all his doubts go away. For he knows for himself the law of causation. So this has to do with the realization of what we call paticca samupada or dependent origination. Sahetu dhammang, the law of causation or the phenomenon of causation. Yadahave patu bhavanti dhamma I'm back at the beginning. Patu bhavanti dhamma Yadahave patu bhavanti dhamma ஆத்தாபினோஜாயோஜாயோஜாயோஜாயோஜாயோஜாயோஜாயோஜாயோஜாயோஜாயோஜாயோஜாயோஜாயோஜாயோஜாயோஜாயோஜாயோஜாயோ
Atapino jayato brahmanasa Atasa kankha vapayanti sabba Atasa kankha vapayanti sabba Yato kayam Yato kayam pachayanam avedi Pachayanam avedi Yato kayam pachayanam avedi Yato kayam pachayanam avedi For he has known All his doubts go away For he has known the destruction of the causes the kayam, the destruction, patsayanam, of the patsayas, literally the links of the paticca samupada, are known as the patsayas, right? The twelve patsayas. Yato kayam patsayanam avedi. Yato kayam patsayanam avedi. Yadahave patu bhavanti dhamma Yadahave patu bhavanti dhamma Atapino jayato brahmanasa Atapino jayato brahmanasa Vidhupayantit Tatimarasenam Vidhupayantit Tatimarasenam Vidhupayantit Tati Oh, um, there shouldn't be a long mark on that. That's very confusing. The, it should be Tit Tati. Notice, short. Mm-hmm. Should be short. Tit Tati. So you can remove that long mark. Let's try again. Vidhu payantitati marasenam. Vidhu payantitati marasenam. He stands scattering the army of Mara. Vidhu payantitati marasenam. Vidhu payantitati marasenam. Suryo va obhasayang Suryo va obhasayang Antalikham Antalikham Suryo va obhasayang Antalikham Suryo va obhasayang Antalikham Like the sun lighting up the sky Suryo, Suryo. So is there a word for like, or is that just to make sense to us? Or would, he, would he understand yes. that? Yeah, the word va means like. That's oh, okay. right. Yeah. So like the sun, obhasayam means lighting up. Lighting up, illuminating. Illuminating the antalikam, the sky. Vidhupayantit 
ठति मारसेनन सूर्यो वो भाषयं अंतलिखं So this would have coincided with the rising of the sun and the enlightenment and is therefore a very powerful image. Now the tradition itself is somewhat in disagreement about which exactly was the first verse or verses recited by the Buddha. On the one hand, they maintain that this was, and on the other, they maintain that the following was. So some of them resolve this tension by saying that the first verses were recited mentally. <laughs> but the following verse is known as the Avijahitagata. Avijahitagata. Avijahita gatha. Avijahita. We learn this word pajahati. Pajahati. So without the pat, we get jahati. And you can hear it, we have v instead of pat. So vijahita. Jahita means um, abandoned or forsaken. So this is the unforsaken verse. That is, it's the verse that cannot be left out by any Buddha when he attains enlightenment. So they maintain that all Buddhas, when they sit beneath the Bodhi tree and realize awakening, recite this verse when they realize what they've just realized. So this is that verse, you may know it. Aneka jati sansarang Aneka jati sansarang Sandhavisang Sandhavisang Aneka jati sansarang Sandhavisang Aneka jati sansarang sandhavisang anibisang anibisang aneka jati sansarang sandhavisang anibisang Aneka jati sansarang sandhavisang anibisang. I've run through samsara of countless births, not finding this. Aneka jati sansarang. Aneka jati sansarang sandhavisang anibisang sandhavisang anibisang gahkarang gave santo 
गहकारंगवे संतो दुखा दुखा जाति जाति पुनः 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 गहकारंगवे संतो दुखा जाति पुनः पुनः गहकारंगवे संतो दुखा जाति पुनः पुनः I've run through this sansara of countless births, not finding this, seeking the maker of the house, the maker of this house, the suffering of birth again and again, punap punang, again and again. Gahakarangave santo dukha jati punap punang. Gahakarangave santo dukha jati punap punang. Oh, housemaker. Gahakaraka. Gahakaraka dittosi. Dittosi. Now you're seen. I've seen you now. Gahakaraka dittosi. Tosi Gahakaraka Dittosi Punage Hanakahasi Punage Hanakahasi You will not make a house again. Gahakaraka Dittosi Punage Hanakahasi Gahakaraka dittosi punake hamnakahasi Sabbate pasuka Sabbate pasuka bhagga bhagga Sabbate pasuka bhagga Sabbate pasuka bhagka. All your pasuka, all your rafters are now bhagka, have been broken. Sabbate pasuka bhagka. Sabbate pasuka bhagka. Gahakutang visankhatang Gahakutang visankhatang Your ridge pole is unplanted. So the peak of a house right, has a single beam that supports the weight of the entire roof. Gahakutang visankhatang Gahakutang visankhatang Sabbate pasuka bhagga Sabbate pasuka bhagga Gahakutang visankhatang Gahakutang visankhatang 
Visankaragatanchittam 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 The mind is bereft of sankaras. Visankaragatam chittam Visankaragatam chittam Tanhanam khayam adjaga Tanhanam khayam adjaga It's reached the end of craving Tanhanam khayam adjaga Tanhanam khayam adjaga Visankaragatam chittam Tanhanam khayam adjaga Visankaragatam chittam Tanhanam khayam adjaga So there's a play on words here. Sankara, as you know, means conditioning, fabrications, constructions, sometimes. So here the play has to do with some constructions, the materials for construction also. Yeah, is there a better one? Oh, that's Gahakutam. Gaha means house, and Kuta means the peak, or the, uh, yeah, the, the supporting beam. Geha means house. Yeah. Geha and Gaha both mean house. Yeah, so you get both in this. No. Does it come from the monasteries? Or no. Just, yeah. Where did you get it? Um, is it how? It may be how Goenkaji sings it. It is how Goenkaji sings it. Yeah, it may be that. Goenka? A Goenka meditation. Yeah, yeah. That's probably what I'm mimicking because that's where I heard it first. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really it it depends on the place, the style of the chanting or the melody you know. and there are lots out there I I don't have any particular style that I follow so you can also develop your own yeah, absolutely so the, the language itself is very melodious so sort of if you just let the lights and the, sorry, the longs and the shorts of the vowels guide you, you can sort of uncover the melody in the lines. And, uh, you know, it's, it's yours to play with, absolutely. But, but it's not usually played with musical instruments or anything like that. That would be considered sort of no. into a whole other yeah. problem. Of, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the, the comment, something that surprised me um, when I looked into the commentaries on this verse 
with this word anibbisan. Usually, this gets translated seeking but not finding the maker of the house. And that sounds wonderful in English, but the syntax for that in Pali is very strange because you get the not finding before the seeking mm-hmm. and um, it, it doesn't quite work. Um, so so look... I'm sure he was getting it from somebody. <laughs> In what movie? Oh, the little Buddha. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, so it surprised me that when you look into the commentaries, they say that this anibbisan uh, refers to the content of the awakening that is not actually stated in the verse, so it's kind of interesting. So it's, it's something, a statement of surprise. You know, oh, for countless lives, um, I've been running on through sansara, not finding this. So the this, um, that's why that's in brackets there, because it, it's something supplied. There's no... Um, Nibbida. Oh, yeah. Nibbida and nib. Are these related to this? Actually, no. Yeah. Accident. That's accident. Yeah. That's just a similarity. Phonetic similarity. Yeah. This is. Um, um, it's not a very common word, but it's from ni plus uh, visiti, which means something like entering, attaining, um, uh, can mean sitting even, entering into, yeah. So, uh, here I think finding, attaining is the sense. And yeah, the commentaries, uh, you know, say explicitly that uh, the object of this is the uh, knowledge of awakening. So this knowledge, which he just has realized. Okay, so we could keep going now or we could take a short break. Would that be nice to have a break now? We, we can sort of restructure our last couple sessions. Um, does that sound good? I think rather than go another hour like we had planned, that it's kind of a lot, isn't it? When, why don't we take a break and then come back and do that hour? <laughs>